You are listening to an Able Original. House of Robots. Episode 4. Delivery for the House of Robots. The box sat in the hallway, silent and still. It was about half as big as Haruto and held together with one neat line of tape on the top. There was no picture on it, no information at all actually, it was just a mysterious box waiting to be opened, but we were going to keep it closed as long as we could. The kids were still asleep upstairs, so it was just Haruto, Liz and I in the hallway, staring in silence at the box. Liz looked at me, I looked at Haruto, and Haruto looked at Liz. All at once, without a beat, we said, well I'm not opening it. It was obvious something had to be done. After all, we couldn't just leave it standing there. Lifting it up, Haruto took it to the garage and propped it up in the corner, among the shadows and cobwebs. We all stared at it for a little longer, before we went back to our jobs and did our very best to forget it even existed. Mr. and Mrs. Barclay were both working late and didn't come home until it was already nighttime. Anne and Thomas were so tired from our busy day of trying to make money that their naps had turned into deep sleeps. At least it meant they had gotten early night, ready to come up with a brand new plan the next day. The box stayed in the garage all night. When Mr. and Mrs. Barclay headed back to work the next morning, still completely unaware that it had arrived, Anne and Thomas came down for breakfast. Anne looked around suspiciously. Why is everyone so quiet? Look, I'm really sorry that Thomas and I fell asleep and missed the quiz, but we'll find another way to make that money, I promise. We probably wouldn't have won anyway. He swallowed his cereal. We'll do whatever it takes, though. We still have two more days, so don't worry. I was vacuuming around the kitchen, generally keeping busy and trying to distract myself. I had been listening to the kids, but my mind was still on the box. I couldn't stop thinking about it, and could tell something was wrong. Did something happen while me and Thomas were asleep? Dustin, you would tell us, wouldn't you? I turned up my vacuum, pretending I hadn't heard. Haruto, what are you hiding? He started to buzz and whir, making ice cubes clatter down into his tray. You'll tell us, won't you, Liz? Liz was in the TV screen, in the kitchen, pretending to be searching for the news channel. Her pixels flickered just for a second, so the kids knew she was listening. There's no way Liz can resist sharing some gossip. I bet it's not even that interesting. I bet it's just some old story about- The new robot has arrived! I couldn't hold it in any longer, I'm sorry, we didn't say anything, but- She looked at me and Haruto, and then back to the kids. We just didn't want the box to be opened. It'll have to be opened eventually. Where is it? Did you hide it? It's in the garage. We were going to tell you eventually. We just wanted one last day of being your robots. Follow me, I'll show you where it is. The kids followed me into the garage, where they saw the box standing in the shadows. It's so mysterious. What do you think's inside? It's a smart fridge, I just know it. I bet it'll be able to cook meals and mix drinks and even do the shopping for you. No, it's a robot butler. One that can do everything I can, but also has a body. It can probably do your homework and give you a back massage all at once. Anne and Thomas were both analyzing every side and corner of the box, and I could see the curiosity in their faces getting stronger and stronger. When Thomas's fingers reached up and started to play with the piece of tape keeping it closed, I just couldn't stop myself. Wait, I know what this robot is. It's something that will do all of our jobs better than we can, all in one. When you open that box, we really will all be useless. Thomas and Anne took a step away from the box and came over to me. You know what? Mum and Dad can deal with the box when they get back tonight. Until then, I know what we should do. What? Whatever you guys want. When you're a robot, you don't usually get to choose what you want to do. 
When I'm fully charged, my programming tells me to look for dust and dirt around the house. And when that's done, I zoom around until I find some more. So when Anne said that we could do whatever we wanted, I had to try really hard to think of anything other than cleaning. Haruto, on the other hand, knew exactly what he wanted to do straight away. It might not be the most interesting idea, but I want to make my favorite meal for you all. Nothing makes me happier than helping you to make something and then seeing you enjoy it. Anne and Thomas both smiled, ear to ear. Just tell us what to do. Throwing open his doors, Haruto pushed out his shelves and showed them what ingredients they needed to use. With his extending nozzle, he opened the cupboards, handing out utensils and plates and boards and jugs. Everything that they required for an amazing feast. I had never seen Haruto look so happy as he did once the meal started to take shape. Well, I had, but only once, and that was on the very first day we arrived here together. He was brand new then, his shelves were full, and he was so glad to be making food for such a nice family. And now, making food once again, Anne and Thomas were happy too, enjoying themselves in a way I hadn't seen in a long time. Haruto had made sure that they were both making separate parts of the meal, and their smiles only grew as they realized what they were making. Haruto, is this... How did you even remember? We haven't had this meal since... Since our very first day in this house. And even without a face, I could see from the brightness of his screen and hear from the pride in his voice that he had thought of that day ever since. It was the day we had become a family. Thomas lifted the TV screen down and propped it up on a seat at the dining table for Liz, and Anne lifted me up onto a cushion. A space was cleared for Haruto, and when we were all sitting comfortably, the meal was served. Even though I don't eat food, I have to say it was the most appetizing spread I had ever seen. As the children savored every morsel, we listened to Haruto as he told us about his favorite family meals through the years. Thomas's seventh birthday pizza party, the fancy dinner they'd had when Anne had passed her exams, that Christmas day when every aunt, uncle, and cousin had turned up by surprise. We all played the happy memories back in our heads in our own way. It had all been such a happy time that we'd spent together. When we were done, Anne and Thomas cleared everything away and asked Liz to think of what she would like to do. I saw her smirk. She knew exactly what she wanted. In fact, we all knew. There was only one thing Liz liked to do. Gathering around her as she lit up the widescreen TV, we let Liz talk. It was as simple as that. Liz loved to talk. It didn't even matter what she was talking about, as long as she was saying something. Mr. and Mrs. Barclay had set a no-gossip rule around the house, even though something happened every day that she wanted to tell everyone about. She'd been asked to keep so many secrets by now that she was ready to burst. And now was her time to let loose. About five years ago, your dad broke your mum's favourite mug and blamed it on Dustin. And that reminds me of the time your mum accidentally drove into the garage door and told your dad it was the next door neighbour. And not to mention that day when the cat came in with the neighbour's parakeet in its mouth and your mum had to run to the pet shop to buy a new one and told me never to tell you in case you told the neighbours and- When Liz was on a roll, nothing could stop her. We were having fun too, of course. We had no idea that there was so much chaos going on behind the scenes, so much gossip. It was nice to know that I wasn't the only one going around breaking things. After about an hour, Liz smiled and sighed. And once your dad booked the wrong flights before the summer holidays and I had to fix everything at the last minute, he told me not to tell anyone, so... <sighs> now you know. Then silence. Slowly, the light on the TV faded as Liz drifted off into the circuits to rest. She'd been holding so much in and for so many years that it was the least she deserved. After a moment, when we had all recovered from taking in so much information, Anne and Thomas turned to me. And wow, I had almost forgotten. It was my turn, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. What does a cleaning robot even do for fun? I could ask to vacuum under the beds, 
or to get under the dusty cupboards in the garage, maybe. Now, Dustin, we know you find it a bit difficult to think about yourself, so we've come up with an idea for you. Are you ready? I didn't know what to say. Following them through into Anne's room, I couldn't even guess what it would be. But then I saw... Perched on top of a red cushion, sitting on the middle of the bed, she looked glorious. Mrs. Whiskers. But I've tried for years. There's no way she'll want to play with me. Over the last few days, we've been pampering her whenever we've had the chance. She's been fed and she's been brushed, so she should be on her best behavior. I just know she'll love you. The others left, so it was just me and Mrs. Whiskers. Just the two of us. All I'd wanted, for as long as I could remember, was for her to be my best friend. But she was always scared of me. I could never even get close. I scooted forward a little and then stopped. She looked at me, narrowing her eyes, and then stretched out her legs and clenched her front paws. With a light, silent movement, she leapt and landed on the carpet in front of me. I could hardly control my cogs. I was so excited. With a yawn, Mrs. Whiskers approached me, and in the next second, she had taken a step up onto my lid and curled up into a fluffy, white, vibrating ball of purring cuteness. I had finally done it. Finally! I had to show the others. They would never believe it. As quietly as I could, I turned my screen towards the door and started my motors. I made it all the way downstairs, down the hallway, and almost to the kitchen without disturbing her at all. I went as carefully as I could, not making a sound, not even, oh, a piece of dirt on the carpet. I'll just suck it up, I thought. And before I could stop myself, I had turned on my vacuum. It was just a moment of instinct, but that's all it took. Mrs. Whiskers flew into the air, screeching out loud, and jumped through the doorway. She ran into the garage, leapt at the box, and with one sharp claw as she desperately tried to climb up onto it and away from the vacuum, she tore the single piece of tape. With a dramatic swoosh, the box opened. And there it was. Well, hi there. I'm Chad. The robot flew from the box with a smooth, mechanical whir. How can I be of assistance? Thank you for listening to an Able Original. 